G'day, mate. What's your name? Hello, mate. Uh, for tax purposes, Pete Burner. Pete Burner. And what do you do, Pete? Me, I'm. Uh, that's a that that's a good question, and I don't know how to answer it. I'm, I'm an artist. An across artist. many, I, I I can't. I haven't got just one thing, and I've never had just one thing, and I I can't fill out forms. There's never enough room. They always expect you to make like I'm a company director, or you're a writer, or you're a performer. I'm not. I'm a performer. I'm an artist. I'm a a whole lot of anything basically. Yeah, yeah. So. What, what do I do? I am a provider of human content. Hello, welcome back to another episode of CrowdWorkCast. Yes, after five short years, season two is finally here and we're kicking off in style with today's guest, Peter Burner. Now, Pete is a comedian I absolutely love working with. You'll have probably heard of him. He was uh, on radio for many years. He's been on television for many years. Um, He's an absolute champion and an amazing stand-up comedian. And I thoroughly enjoyed today's conversation as I do all my conversations with Pete. So if you like today's episode, please do like, subscribe, leave a rating wherever you're listening to this. Uh, If you're watching it on YouTube, please hit subscribe. My channel is Andrew Barnett Comedy on YouTube. That really helps the show. Now, if you'd like to follow... Hello, Pete. Uh, Pete is Burnerland on Instagram, which is B-E-R-N-E-R-L-A-N-D on Instagram, or he is Peter underscore Burner on Twitter, or you can go to his website, peterburner.com to find out everything he's up to. As for me, uh, if you're in Canberra and you'd like to see me live, I will be at the Canberra Comedy Club at Transit Bar on November 9. That's a Wednesday. You can go to Canberra Comedy for all the details on Facebook. Uh, They'll have ticketing info and that sort of stuff there. That's going to be a fun show. Uh, if you're in or around Sydney, you can catch me most Monday nights at a little room I run with uh, a comedian by the name of Tom Orr. Uh, it's called Comedy Downstairs. It's at the Wildfire Lounge in Glebe. Uh, it's usually us running some new stuff. A bunch of uh, great comedians swing by. It's a fun Monday night, so please do come down and check that out. Uh, if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, I am at Andrew Barnett Comedy. Uh, the same on Facebook. Andrew Barnett Comedy is my Facebook page. Uh, so get in touch, reach out, tell me what you think of the show on both those channels, or hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Mr. A Barnett. Um, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to crack on with the show. Here's my lovely chat with Peter Burner. Provider of human content. That is probably the most noble uh, way I've heard anything like that expressed. Okay, I'm Wank, looking, wanky would be another way of saying it. Mate, I'm looking at wellness bloggers are going to be stuck. Um, I, I give con- human oh, content. I give human content. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's what I do, I guess. And uh, I'm not very good at it. I mean, oh, I, I mean I'm, look, I'm okay, I'm okay, but I'm not very good at... Um, not very good at promoting the fact that I'm a human content provider. <laughs> yes, you're you're under under the radar human content. Very provider. under the radar human content provider. Let's um yeah, this is I'm really interested because you and I met through stand up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know this. You were actually the headliner at my very first paid gig. Really? Yeah, back in it would have been 2010, and uh, comedy on edge. Um, we're running downstairs, and oh, yeah, okay. they slipped me fifty bucks to do five minutes worth of material on a uh, on their little showcase night. You were the headliner, and um, Chris Waynehouse was the special guest. Right, 
And I remember vividly sitting as a very fresh-faced new comic, sitting backstage listening to you and him talk. And it was one of those ones where, I was only thinking about this today, where now I'd probably join in the conversation, yeah, yeah. but I had nothing to contribute at that stage. Right. And I had the good sense, I think, to know I had nothing to contribute. It, you know what? That's exactly um, when I started in stand-up in, I want to say 1988. Oh, wow. It was either 88 or 89. I think it was 88. Um, at the original comedy store when it was down at the Quay in Margaret Lane. There was a there was the, the stage and then there was a room divider, a, sort of a floating it wasn't a floating wall, but a wall, and then behind that there was a space in the bar, right? And all the comics would sit around ta- at a round table, and at that stage it was guys like um, Graham Pugh, George Smelovich, Vince Serenti, Anthony Aykroyd, um, Adrian Norman, who was the regular host down there, and I, being a sort of, you know, I was that little you know the the, the little dog in the in the cartoon, yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? You, you sort of sit back and you, and it was only in one, one day Graham Pugh, uh, it would have been after six months or something, Graham Pugh shifted in the seat and said, come and sit. And it was like, that was my moment where I thought, oh man, I've been accepted at the round yeah. table, you know? It's, and it's quite a, a moment. And you're right, you do, as a newbie, you, you, you don't want to pipe up because you're going to look like a cock. Yeah. You know exactly, so. and I, I was listening to you guys because you were talking about different gig stories. You're talking yeah. about people. You both obviously had been around um, a long time. <laughs> yeah. Was stage. any of it libelous? None of it was libelous. No, no, no. it no. was uh, it was interesting though. It was really interesting, yeah. and I just remember that was the watching mm. watching Chris um, close the first half, and it was like you know you go you think your five minutes went well, yeah. like, and you're just like that was great, yeah. and then. You watch a bloke take it apart, and I was like, "Well, that how's it getting better?" And then you went and just took it to another level. Really? It oh, was, good. It was, uh, yeah, it was a big learning experience, <laughs> yeah. and it was good. I'm so glad now that we've worked together many times yeah, since yeah. that I didn't pipe up and make an idiot of myself that first time. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'd like to think that we, we. I don't think we would. We don't think we'd have dismissed you outright. No. I know what you mean, though. I do know what you mean. Oh, I appreciate that. It's nice to know that it went well. That's good. Well, it was a that was a fantastic night. That was I. Was, uh, I, th- I actually thought of framing my little fifty dollar note, but turns out I'm I wasn't rich enough. Uh, <laughs> I, I needed, needed a fifty. It. I needed it. twenty <laughs> so, bucks was the first amount I ever got paid. Twenty bucks to Peter Fox, who was a comic at the time, had a gig upstairs. It was a private gig upstairs at the London Hotel in Balmain. Oh wow! And this would have been again couple of months after i started and he said come along and support me and he gave me 20 bucks out of his well, he must have got a couple of hundred buck fee or something so he paid me my first 20 bucks so and the other thing you're telling me is the rates haven't gone up a lot since and then. they have not i was thinking about that today you know i went in i looked at the what was over the road at the pub garlic bread's now 10 bucks yeah comics are still getting paid the same rate when garlic bread was like three bucks yeah and it's 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 if i was going to shake my fist and and complain about one thing it's the fact that and it's it's comics fault i think because we are so scared of never working that we'll take the gig yeah so you don't you don't sort of go no mate my fee is five grand or i don't turn up well then guess what mate you're not turning up yeah and that takes a lot of confidence and i think that i don't know i i think maybe the the, the model's a bit different for guys, a lot of new guys starting now in that they just go, well, okay, the it's not about doing the those 
making a living doing clubs, doing headlining, you know, a comedy night at a club or whatever. It's about getting your own profile to the point yeah, where yeah. you can sell a, a, a large number of tickets. And, <laughs> agreed, yeah, agreed. And just do and your that, own tour. All of that, all of those, what do they call them? Um, streams that people have now in order to get their product out there, their work out there. When I was starting, you know, you lived and died on the set that you did in the room. It didn't exist beyond the room. Now the yeah. set, in fact, the room is the is almost just the recording vessel to get it out there on your social medias and everything else's. And that's where your big audience comes from. Well, that's it's interesting. I've noticed that change. I've had a few conversations with um, comics who are like not um, new, new, but younger, newer than uh, than I am, and certainly far newer than you are. But, um, oh man! But and they talk about their their aim now is often that it's okay if I'm in a room and it's gonna be, it's about the clips you can yeah. get the clips so they'll they go I do a bit of gold that I'm not gonna put um, put online yeah. that's that's my for me and then I go to the crowd and I do this crowd work and but now you watch and there's some people that are really good at it but there's oh there's a lot of garbage crowd work there's a lot of garbage on. yeah and it's not um it's funny you know it's it has changed a little bit. It's got it's got soft and flabby, I think, a little mm. bit. I think it was when Rodney, you know, Rodney ran the comedy comedy store. It was, Rodney Rude, yeah, Rodney Rude. He um, he was brutal to you know. If you weren't working, it, he made he made you, you know, made you the butt of the joke. Yeah, as the MC. Um, but you got you had to get sharper and 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 it's not you couldn't just get up there with a lazy, rambling, pointless chat that is. At best, mildly amusing cocktail conversation, but it ain't stand up, you know. It ain't. Mm. It ain't. It ain't. You're supposed to get up there and and provide something to the audience, not 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 do what radio does now, which is give us a ring, tell us about your stuff, and we'll just laugh along. Like we're supposed to provide you with the entertainment, yeah. not you provide us. So, um, it's just got to get tighter. I think. I think there's a lot of people, um. Again, I don't know, I sound like an old man, but a grunchy old man. But I think it's getting a bit flabby. Yeah, look, to be honest, and this is this is actually something too. I've sort of I'm becoming more aware of because I've started to notice sort of going through material and just having that jerrying that the the 19 and 20 year olds aren't seeing me as of their generation. They're seeing me as of their parents' generation, which is sort of. A, it's an adjustment to make for me now and how I deliver my material. Cause you've got to be aware of, I think being aware of how you're um, perceived on stage is super hard, which is one of the things I love that you do is when you talk about some stuff, you, you go, I'm supposed to be, I'm an old man. I'm supposed yeah, to be yeah. crazy. Yeah, 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 you're going to yeah. hear my thoughts. We're leaning into that. Yeah, idea. I think so. I can't, I can't, I can't pretend that I'm not, you know, I don't, you know, and I've, I've got to, I've got to, I've realized, you know, I'm older than, you know, when you've got a 20 year old in the room, I could almost be their grandfather. Yeah. You know, I'm getting, Which I'm not crazy. quite, but I'm getting up to that end of the scale. Which is, I, one of the things I do love about stand up though, is you do get that interaction with, uh, and you've got to work out how to get ideas across yeah. to a bunch of different generations. I like the fact comedy, the, the, as, as is the audience, so should the performers be generational. Yeah, I like the idea that you've got, and I'm not, and, and I'm not. I think if you're a young comic, you're, you're allowed not to be great. I mean, when you first start out, you don't, and, yeah. and you, you must. You have you, to not. You, be great. you have to. You have to not be great. And you have to not be afraid to not be great. Mm. Um, 
and I think that's really I think that that's really important. Don't 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 uh, assume straight away that you have to all of a sudden be Chris Rock or, D- yeah. or Dave Chappelle. You know, they're, they're thirty five years to get to that point. One of the things I actually I did a gig recently with um, a bunch of uh, guys. Basically, was I was hosting and Gary Eck was headlining, but then it was a lot of guys who were very new, like two and three years in. Yeah. Um, and some even less than that. And one of the things I notice is it's gone back much more gaggy. Yeah, right. There's a couple of acts I watched. And I'm like, oh, you got into this because you your entry into stand-up was watching clips on TikTok where everything's punchy. It's less right, than 90 right, seconds. Right, right. And so they'd sort of written their joke in little 90-second chunks and it was sharper than um, I remember oh, certainly I, the, my approach when I started, which is I, I kind of like how it changes and evolves and it does... I don't know. I, I don't know about you, but that reinvigorates me in terms of okay, this is what we're doing now. Okay, I've got to find out a way to get my stuff over to audiences who expect it in a slightly different way. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I my, 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 me as a stand-up now is if I if I'm allowed to say, th- is that I'm a better stand-up now than I was thirty years ago. I mean, I should be, but yeah, but even twenty years ago, my writing, my writing, such as it is, my my joke my ability to to have the phrase the thought mm. is sharper now than it was you have you have a remarkable ability and which is one of the things because you i don't know if you realize that you are quite well admired on the sydney scene i've always i always assumed that nobody knew the hell <laughs> no, who i was no no, no your stand-up is huh? and, and particularly the people that work with you multiple times they're like oh, i just it's so sharp like it's yeah. but one of the things i've always loved about you is your ability and tommy dean has a similar thing your ability to synthesize a, a thought in joke form so quickly i remember we did a gig at crow's nest hotel uh oh this would have been maybe two or three years ago and i was hosting and i was about to bring you on and you'd Sort of, you were staring up watching the wrestling on the TV. They had some yeah. WWE style wrestling, and you sort of, I'd see you watch. I clocked you as I'm doing my, you know, getting them settled, getting them doing a little bit of material off the top. That you love the way at a comedy venue there's wrestling on the TV. Yeah, and you're just standing yeah. at the back of the room, just staring up, and I'm like, he's not listening to me at all. He doesn't, you know, he's relaxed. And then you went up and you're like, I could see the cogs turning in your brain. You were thinking about something and I brought you on and your first five minutes was all stuff about what you really? just watched. And it was amazing. Oh, like it good. was, um, yeah. That's good. Okay, <laughs> write that down. Yeah. It, um, but, such that it is. But I don't know about you, but like, yeah, sometimes, you know, you get that pure. Absolutely. You must. And I think that's really, for me, that keeps me interested. If, if I can, um, if I can do something that I've never heard before, yeah, that's exciting because I know that I've got a, I've got my my bucket of bits, yeah. my Lego that I car- carry around. But if I can throw some new bricks in there each night, and that and what happens is, you, I think any performer you become enamoured with your new idea, yes, and then that becomes the thing you can't wait to do again, and then you realise you, there's other stuff that you've forgotten about, and there's stuff that I haven't done for years but it's still a good joke it's still yeah. good good material and because of the way my because it's i've realized that i you know when i see the news talk about something you go yeah man i did the joke on that 25 it's like you realize <laughs> it, it hasn't moved one the no. issue has not moved one dot and it cycles first around. did that joke and then it cycles back around again yeah. we're outraged by age care mate we were outraged by 1996 yeah. i did that joke and you can you can almost what the the best example of it is every 
four years you see people roll out their Olympics bit and that'll run for a bit and then just goes back on the shelf back on the shelf (laughs) put it in that pocket there absolutely and and you you know, you, 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 not that you want to sit at home and wish for natural disasters or serial killers <laughs> to walk to drag out your serial killer oh, bit, mate, but it helps. I'm next pandemic. I'm and locked and loaded. You're, you're loaded for that. You can't <laughs> wait. One of the things I was thinking about um, when I asked you to come on is I don't really know how you started. How did you get into comedy? Like, so you, mm-hmm. you. Leave high school was comedy the goal. No, what no, was no, the goal? No, well, no, obviously no. you you didn't have much of a goal because you still can't sum well, up what you do. No, I can't sum up what I did. No, no. For, to, to be honest, it was a um, it was a bungee jump moment. It was um, I blah blah blah, and then I went overseas and backpacked around and worked in pubs and you know like that. Came back, got back into to the job I was in, blah blah blah, and then one Monday it was. I went to the movies and Punchline, Tom Hanks movie Punchline. Yep. Is that, the, I, is that the one where there's lockers in the green room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. all comedy yeah, rooms. All like all comedy rooms. <laughs> and it had a green room, you know. Um, and I remember going to that. And I'd, I'd been to the comedy store a few times in the 80s, you know, when I was just a punter and watching and, and you know, it made me laugh and I enjoyed it. And I was fascinated by... I'm more fascinated by the people backstage. I'm more fascinated by that world, that secret world that the yeah. audience don't, don't get to, to, to go to behind the curtain. And and so I came out of that movie and I thought, oh, no, I'm going to have a crack at that. That'd be fun. I literally, walking back to the train station, I think it was, or the ferry or whatever it was, I got on the phone to the comedy store and said, when's open mic night? And they said, it's tomorrow night. Uh, I said, can I put my name down? And they went, yeah, 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 come down. That was it. Wow. So I, it was a week later, the following Tuesday or something, and then I, I had no material. It wasn't, again, it's like bungee jumping. You don't go to a bungee jump having done lots of preparation for bungee jumping. You just turn up and do it. Mm. So I figured I'd just turn up and do it. And so I, it was, and Salman Rushdie had just brought out, or the Satanic Verses was big news, and my, and the, the comics before me, I can't remember who they were now, it was all it was open mic, literally. All fatwa material. It was all all Salman Rushdie jokes, and I got up. And I remember the first thing out of my mouth was, "Oh look, I promise I'll, I won't do any Salman Rushdie material." Hey, they love me. <laughs> um, and I can't remember what I did, but I, but I remember my leg was shaking, the bead yep. of sweat was coming down here. It was, uh, but I got laughs. And then I remember that I went to the bar at the back of the comedy store and was having a beer, and I felt like, I felt like um, bungee jump, you know? Yeah. And Adrian, that adrenaline rush. Yeah, adrenaline rush. And Adrian Norman, who was the MC, came up and said, that was all right. You got laughs. I said, yeah, it was not as funny. He said, you should come back. Um, and I said, really? He said, yeah, yeah, you come back. And I literally went out and did what you're supposed to do as a comic. I bought myself a hot dog at 11 o'clock and, you know, <laughs> as if pretending I'm a New York yeah, comic, yeah. you know. Um, and then that became my home because it was open Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, five nights a week, I would go there every night. It was my social life. It was my home. And I started at the same time, around the same time I started. Uh, Akmal started. Uh, James O'Loughlin started. Um, Jim Owen came along a little bit later on. Not not much later, a few months afterwards, he turned up at the comedy store. And then, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. Um, and a whole lot of others. Anthony Merst has turned up, and Mark My Words have turned up, and and Gary was around. Gary Eck was started to turn up, and all these guys. That 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 sort of that the alumni of that that yeah, year, that generation that of generation. 
Um, but I literally lived crop. there. It's a it was a great crop, and I and you know we had some great, and we used to watch. I used to watch them all. I, you know, I, mm. I wouldn't leave till the feature finished. You know, because you you watched great stagecraft. People like Rick Carter, who's stagecraft he was uh, just his presence was phenomenal his material was cobbled together from you know prior and everybody else yeah, plus yeah. a bit of his own stuff thrown in but his stagecraft Pewey, uh Ackroyd, ross daniels um vince um but you'd watch these guys to see how they work the room yeah you know and you learnt by watching and then i got stop me when i get boring but i remember it was about six months in when I got asked to do, I got invited down to do a spot, unpaid spot on a Friday night. The big, you know, the yeah. major. And that's, a, you're walking out to the comedy store crowd. And it's, yeah. and it was, it, it's an addiction, you know. And then my whole life became comedy and I ended up going down to the Harold Park. I discovered the Harold Park and fell in love with the Harold Park and, and, and Simon Morgan and Mark Morgan who ran it. And I lived upstairs for a while. Um, was there all the time so com and then in about a year later i gave up real work in 1989 what was real work i was a production manager in ad agency i'd um and again i had there was no i had no burning desire to be a production manager in ad agency. <laughs> i i left school in 80 did a year at uni dropped out which uni sydney science because i had to do something yeah that's why you know i don't People say, "What well, to kids? What do you want to do when you grow up?" Oh, why does he? He doesn't need to know. Mm. Every parent. I mean, I'm a you'd think. Oh, well, please have an idea of what you want to do. But yeah. you don't need to. Um, then sitting around on in the summer of 1981, mum and dad got the shits because I was sitting at home. Video VHS had just arrived, so a mate of mine and I spent the summer renting videos and going back and watching videos. He said, "Dad said get a job," so ended up as a copy boy at the Daily Mirror for three months. Then got a job as a dispatch boy in an ad agency. That got bought. I was retrenched. I became an auction, cadet auctioneer for a year. Came back to advertising. A cadet auctioneer. Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used. To, I went up and lived in Newcastle. I was nineteen. I turned up in. I turned up in Newcastle. I was going through my mod phase, so I had <laughs> stove pipes, winkle pickers, you know, smoke Kent cigarettes. So this is mid eighties. No, so this is eighty two. So eighty three. Early eighties peak uh, Newcastle. This is pre Tap Dogs Newcastle. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is this is this is Newcastle, Newcastle. Yeah, the VHP. workers' club is still standing. hadn't fallen, hadn't been knocked over yet. Yeah. So I've literally turned up in Winkle Pickers and to 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 a wool shed <laughs> where everyone's wearing moleskins and riding boots. And um, within a week, I was down at the shop buying moleskins and riding boots. The Winkle Pickers were parked. Um, and I spent a year there, fun, and I still know Pat Slattery, who who was my boss then, is is one of the great humans, and a great impact on my life. I was there for a year, and then I came. I, I sort of came back to Sydney. I missed Sydney a bit, and I came back to Sydney and got back into advertising, and then went overseas and came back. And that's when you pick up the story of. I was at home, realizing I didn't. I don't play tennis. I'm not a member. Of the, I'm not a part of the sailing club. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a bird watcher. So what do I do in the evenings, instead of sitting at home? watching Knight Rider or whatever the fuck was on telling. It, it is a, it's a fun um, aspect of comedy is that it does provide a social life as well because you round, I mean, I started a bit late. I felt like at the time I started real oh. late. I think I was 27. I was, I was 20, like, I was 26. Yeah. I felt like yeah. an old man, like starting way too late, mm. but um, 
I, I wouldn't have had anything to say. Oh, when you hear that, that you know, Seinfeld started at fifteen and Chris yeah. was doing it at fifteen. You know, I'm not that. I, I, again, I didn't have a burning desire to be a stand-up either. It was accidental. I fell into it, and you're right. There's, there's a massive social life attached to it, and that's what I really enjoyed the most. I had a great, and we were all in it together. And you'd see them. You'd be every night of the week. Yeah, same faces, and you you know I remember the you know the day that your name goes up in chalk on the comedy store board, and you think <laughs> oh I've made it. Um, it was it was, uh, and I haven't looked back. I mean, as you get older and you you different opportunities present, the people that you started with, I don't see them anymore because I you know I've never been to anyone's house. Pretty much, <laughs> we met at clubs. That makes know? perfect. We don't. Sense. I mean, the only house, the only person's house I've ever went to was Tommy's. Um, we used to go. To, we used to hang out at Tommy's house when he was in Enmore, uh, married to Beth, um, in the early days. And then I've seen been to Tommy's house now, but I, I you know, I don't go to comics' houses. Well, we meet at clubs and bars. You'd barely work with Tommy these days, as well. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is as you as you as your career goes off, it gets diverge diverges. Yeah, you you see you see Tommy. Because we're both at that level where we're both headlining, so you don't have yeah. two headliners on the one bill. So I'm working here and he's working over there. Yeah, we don't see each other. You might occasionally get on one of those bills where the promoters decided they've uh, they really want this room to be a monthly thing or yeah. a weekly thing, and they're stacking the first. Yeah, yeah, thing. that's right. I see him occasionally. Lineups. Like I think I'm doing something with him in a month or so, but yeah, rare. Whereas once upon a time, it was every night of the week, and then you'd you know you'd end up with a you'd end up at Fatima's having when the comedy store was in, moved to Cleveland Street, you'd end up mm. eating falafels at one it's it's a great life i mean it's a it's a performer's life it's poorly paid um it's fucking great when it works yeah it's even more fun in its torture when it doesn't well that's what makes the victories so sweet yeah and those comics when they get together they don't talk about the the times they killed they talk about the times they died because it's (laughs) It's more. It's it's you know. No one it's says, a, "Oh, I killed at the Opera House in ten No, no, I no. was at the Guildford Hotel in Guildford. And there were four people, and they hated me, and I was. That's yeah. that's the thing because that's not the the killing at the Opera House isn't the interesting story. No, like no. who cares about that? Because yeah. that's essentially what you're supposed to do. That's the icing, man. I want yeah. I want to talk about the cake. It's like, know? yeah, like a builder going, coming home from work. Oh, you should have seen I built a house today. <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah, that's what you're supposed you're to do. talking about when the, the, the brick fell on you from a great height. Yeah. And that's comedy. I mean, exactly. I, I, and I, horrible gig, horrible gigs. Um, Is any, do any stick out like what real? Oh, man, I've done, um, I've done, I remember at the Dapto Hotel, Dapto, um, we turned up. The guy went, oh, we probably, we, we, we thought about waiting till the, the rugby team turns up because, you know, they just won the grand final. <laughs> I went, no, we don't need to wait for them, mate. We really don't. It's grand final for the, you want all the footy players to come up, yeah. shut up and listen to Pete. Are you going to turn the TVs off? No, no, no. Oh. You stand there. I've walked on stage and this was in the early days where everything was, um, you know, observational comedy. You know? <laughs> so you're, you're desperately trying to be Seinfeld or whoever the hell you are and you walk out and you go, so... Have you ever noticed? And there's a bloke, there's four blokes in the front row looking at the telly and I'm standing there and they all looked at me like this and one of them went, no, fuck off. (laughs) And then you realise I'm there for another 20 minutes because if I don't do the 20 minutes, I don't get the $200 that I've driven an hour and a half for. That's it. Stick your feet and deal with it. Go. I've had a horrible gig. Three in the morning at some club in Balmain where they had one of those flashing disco lights and there's three people in there. Like, why why am I here? Mate. Oh uh, yeah, 
That's Which someone said to me the other day should be the name of my autobiography. Why am I here? <laughs> Why am I? Here? Why am I here? <laughs> so many gigs where you think you should have just hired a, a musician, mate, because mm. you get comics. We require silence. We require the audience to shut attention. up and, and attention. We require attention. Yeah. Musicians can play over them. Side acts can like that play. And it doesn't matter if they're talking. We want stop talking to each other and enjoying each other's company and listen to this guy you don't know. I've noticed some stuff, everyone. Here it is. Here it is for the next 40 minutes because the guy wants 40 minutes out of me. I I had a a corporate and they were very professional, which is all in a nice big professional place. Um, The organiser couldn't have been nicer. I had a little green room. These are these dream corporates Mm. where you call on arrival and there's a green room. Not, um, you know, because I do quite a few sporting things over the years and um often it'll be like mate turn up have lunch with us and it's i i, I like to try and be social it's not my instinct to be social with people i try to be social because i find also kills the sense of theater that's that's what i find is is no harder. one had a frank sinatra didn't sit down with the people have yeah. a meal before he got up and sang i don't mind kills like that. if i do that i don't mind doing it after after on stage, I'll sit and chat and do whatever. Yeah. Um, but um, so this one was one of those dream ones where you know they, the the we've got a parking voucher for you. You can leave straight after. Like beautiful, I'm literally on stage for thirty minutes. Like there's this one table down the front that did not stop talking, <laughs> and they're young, yeah. and it's mostly very pretty young ladies, yeah. and they just could. And so they and then they're getting shush. Sh- I'm trying to just bat long because I'm like. In a sense, you're the interloper. It's in their there, party. Not. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, oh, whatever. But then the people around them are shushing. And I'm like, I was like I've got to address this because it's kind of thing. And I just said. disruptive now. I said, oh, it's so, sorry. And I sort of paused and looked. And then the tension. And I, I said, oh, sorry. You know, like, like they, I don't care what you do. But the people around you, it's, it's obviously annoying people. And then one of the girls just gave me the big folded on half and i said oh it's all right like you know i know you've missed like you coming in part way through but we'll put it on tiktok later you can catch it right dumb joke not really even a joke just yeah. a just a, I nothing to say anyway so it's just like that. and then so they quiet for a bit and then they start going again and just like, as i walk off like i sort of did my time and I walked off and the the because the tables over this side are really yep. good. They, the guys, want it, they want it to be there, yeah. And there's a couple of guys down the front. One guy is almost looking at me like he's enjoying it. Like, just keep going. Keep going, mate. You're doing like, <laughs> we're, we're loving like, it. Yeah, we're loving really it. encouraging. Yeah. And it's uh, lovely. So it wasn't, uh, yeah. they weren't an example of the night. But so as I walk off, the organizers, oh, thank you so much. That was great. Thanks so much. You know, you're right to get your parking, all that sort of stuff. I walk past the table and this is one of the girls is just going, boring, boring. Just. Wow. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for having me. Anyway, go home. I get a little notification on, um, on Instagram. Someone sent you a video. I'm like, oh, I don't know what no. this is. Click on it. the video. Is from this girl. One of the girls from the table has taken video of me, <laughs> and panned from me over to their table. And there's this guy sitting there, young guy. He'd be nineteen. ish just going miming. Boring. Boring. <laughs> boring. I, I got heckled at home. <laughs> I'm sitting on the lounge. You know what? You're not cyberbullying. I know. I said I was a 41 year old man. I was bullied, cyberbullied by a couple Teenage of teenage girls. Yeah, that's it was, fantastic. and it just and like I've looked at the video and Nat, my wife, has gone, what, what's what's wrong? And it was emasculating to even have to say it. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh my god, this is the, and but yeah, it's, I couldn't believe like 
was, that's the world, man. I, I don't know. Mate, it wasn't until a couple of days later that I realised, you know what? He didn't even have the courage to heckle while I'm on stage. Oh. Like, don't you don't worry about me. He's <laughs> doing it guys. remotely. Oh. But it, it made me just think, like, because, you know, as comics you know and as people who sort of missed that cyberbullying phase of our teenage years i was like oh man i really really feel for these kids imagine having people with that access to your life and and while you're sitting at home in your bedroom and and all the bullying you thought stopped at the school gates is following you home and i'm a like a full-grown man who's happy i'm about to go on a little weekend away with my wife to celebrate our anniversary so i'm in a great mood a beer in hand i've just done a corporate which i was paid nicely for but you know that that bothered me (laughs) and i was just like like so i've got every like realistically apart from that my night was great yeah and then that still bothered me. I'm like, well, man, yeah, these kids. That's what you're talking about now, mate. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? It's still there. Oh, hundred percent. And it's... I must confess, I'm, I'm, I've, I was at a, I did a gig the other day, and I can't remember what I was for, but, but I, at one point you sort of turn and and someone's got their phone up on you. Yeah. And I sort of try. I watched it out of the corner of my eye, and eventually went down. I thought, okay, well. At what point do you turn around and go, "Hey, mate, this is I don't I don't this is not freely available on your YouTube for the rest of time." Yeah, and, and it bothers me a bit because what we do is, I know that's a medium and that's a form of of getting. I, but I'm not interested in that, mate. I'm enjoy it in the room, but it's copy. Surely it's it's a curious thing. Surely it's copyright to me, and but you don't want to break you don't want to break the vibe of the it room is- to go, mate. Can you not film? But it's so common now too that even saying "Can you not film?" People, it's not even. I feel like when when I first started, at least anyone doing that was, it was seen as poor form. Yeah. Like in, in the audience, it would was go, the oh, yeah, I should have done that. Yeah. But now it feels like it's just people. People would be curious as to why you wouldn't want it filmed. I get it all the time. Yeah. I, I actually asked. I was doing some new stuff at a room. Um, that actually films your set anyway. Yep. Um, standout comedy down. I don't know if you've been there. It's at the Chippo Hotel oh, now, yeah. where where Edge Comedy on Edge oh, used to be, and it's really good. Reese is great. He runs a runs a really nice room. And so I'm just down there trying some new stuff, working some stuff out from a festival show. And there's a girl in the front row filming. And I said, "Are you filming this?" And she goes, "Yeah." And I said, "Just why? Why?" Yeah. And she goes, "Oh, just why not?" I said, "Because it's probably not, not going to be very good. Yeah. Don't." worry about like just but it's also relax. not yours to film but also i think you know you go to a go to a concert a music concert and everyone gets their phones out no, and filming it. it's like well, are you really going to sit back and watch and go no. oh that was well what or not or just be in the moment i think that's that's the harder thing like i don't get what that's what appeals to me like I love the way you describe it. Is it's it's in the room. It's in the room. Stand up's yeah, in yeah. the room. It's absolutely belongs to the people that. What I'm doing tonight is unique to this moment in time. Mm. You, the crowd, this the room, and 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 the way I do stand up, and I'm not, and everybody attaches it differently. I will do a different set, slightly different, sometimes greatly different, sometimes a little bit different in each room that I work in. It'll start differently. There won't be the same order. Some things will get left out. Other things will be brand new so each room is a unique thing yes so let's enjoy this unique once in a lifetime thing that's actually one of the um observations i was going to bring up about what the way you do stand up is you and one of the reasons when we work together i like watching you work a room that i've just worked is you 
your approach to that audience is different to mine often or you'll you'll have seen what's going on read the vibe in the room and your often your material like on paper it's not necessarily you know it's from your list of most of it's from your list of jokes that i've seen you do but the way you approach them or deliver them or when they go in the set is different. For, and I'm like, I'm always curious to, I went with that there. I wonder what that is. Or sometimes I'm, I can work, I, okay, yeah, he's seen that this, this crowd's into this and you'll start with more. Without um, pissing in your pocket too, it, the, the, following people who are doing it well shits me a bit because i've got to i've got to work harder you know it's, that's there's nothing better than you got to follow there's two do you either follow someone who's lousy in which case you're stitching together a room that's mm. slowly falling apart yeah or the people that you're following have, have killed and because you're closing the show the expectation is you can kill more yeah which means you've got to step up which is great because it forces you to so you you, you actually your energy is different when you walk on stage because you think shit i'm fo- i'm walking on to laughter so this is actually I've, I've got to work harder because that prick yeah. was funny too. There's nothing better than yeah that that feeling of watching someone go and you see a good quality night and everyone lifts lifts a bit and then okay I remember doing a, a run at the store this is years ago now and Al Del Benny and Steve Hughes were yeah, right. following each other and we did the whole weekend and I was hosting and just watching them like I think they tagged they flipped around or something there was a like a, it was just a bit of a deal like you know yeah. you did one night I'll yeah. do the other night and watching the way like um, you know Steve goes out the first night and he's and Al's just starts to he start to crack start to crack, crack the neck joints, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Getting, he goes oh, I've got to work, I've gotta work, to work on my work toes tonight. tonight I can't lean back on my heels yeah no, got to work right. tonight. and then the next night watching Steve go alright I'm going to have yeah. to really and, and it was it was great to watch two guys that are you know at their at that level just a well, bit of ego, a bit of... That's the closest comics get to... See, a, a performer's on a, in a stage show. If you're working in an ensemble of players on a stage show and everyone's lifting their performance and you're working off someone in a scene, you know, if you happen to be working in a production opposite Ian McKellen, mm. you know, then you're lifting your performance because you've got to match that performance. Comics are solo animals. The only, the only time we can experience one performer lifting another performer's performance is that, is the mm. following... Because you, you're a solo unit, you're on stage. It's a very lonely profession in that regard. You're on stage all by yourself. You're not. Yeah. You're not like a musicians who the band can all look at each other and knowingly go, "Oh, no one's listening." Isn't this awkward? We have to. We're all by ourselves. Very yeah. Vulnerable. And if it's not going well, there's no one else it's getting you out of it. Obvious who's. It's <laughs> obvious who we're all looking at. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And you can blame the audience all you want, yeah. but you know it's not their fault. It's never their fault. No. Sometimes it can be close to their fault. Well, they don't help themselves, but at the end of the day, even it. I mean, I, I must. As you get older, you realise um, when you when I started, you took it really personally that you couldn't win them over, that you couldn't get them to shut yeah. up, that all those things. And now, as you get older, you think, oh, I haven't got any. Oh, if you if you really don't want to listen, and you're not going to shut up, then okay. Yeah, there's not much. Not much I can do. I can do, and that that's I think the thing too is it's accepting. All right, I'm maybe I'm not for everyone. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't. And I, I don't know, I kind of do feel like, because you do get distracted by the person that's not enjoying themselves. That's, that's the only one I remember. Yeah, that's that one what, bloke out of a, th- a thousand sitting there like this is the one person I think about. Mm. And you're right, you don't, you don't, you can't please everybody. And 
I think that's, I th- the, for me, that's um, a thing of just sort of starting to get my head around in terms of, okay, it's all right to write material that's not going to be for everybody if it's the stuff you want to do. Because then you sort of get to a point once you, um, I don't know, like you, you can, okay, I can, I know what will work in certain rooms and I know the type of material, but do I want to keep writing that or do I want to evolve myself? And I, I mean, that sounds a bit wanky, but, no, no, but you, I think we all start that first way of trying to write jokes that make the room laugh. Mm. And as you get more confident and you hone your technique and your personality and your voice, you find your unique voice, you start writing to your voice and then you've learned how to make the room laugh now and then you find the material you want to do and then you become that marriage of the room laughs for the material I want to do not anybody can drop their pants and get laughs I don't want to be that yeah. I don't want to be that comic I want to be this com- I want to work this side of the street yeah which means you know that you walk into some rooms and you realize the room is enjoying this side of the street <laughs> and you realize they're not going to enjoy my side of the street yeah I I've of all the gigs we've done I've only seen you struggle once which was a, I, I guarantee you remember this gig. It was, we did it. It was like a fundraiser for, someone was doing a bike ride or something for Cantu. Yeah. And it was a business. The The whole business had come along. So it was an unofficial corporate sort of a thing. Right. And um, there was a visiting delegation of, Chinese uh, business people who were there as clients. Oh, that or was whatever. The, the one. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that one. And Ooh. you had you had this whole thing on, yeah. um, and it's it's the whole thing on China it's and topical. That, yeah, it's unbelievably topical, and but it's also not in any way judgmental or no. you. It's more you're you're making a lot of fun out of um, basically out of the news yeah, which yeah, is something yeah. you're very very good at yeah. um, but oh, the that. tension because obviously there was a lot riding on this delegation yeah, yeah, <laughs> going yeah. well and they brought them along to the comedy night and the tension in that room yeah. was pal- I was actually almost going to leave Did you? Um, that one because really? I was I was like I'd teed up the I think I, was, I might have only just done a spot or I might have been hosting or whatever but I was I, I know I was planning on leaving because I had to get Home. and then when you started I'm not going to leave that, it's a car like, crash I'm, I'm not missing this oh, no. I do remember that that was in the city I do remember that in fact I've got a gig coming up um, tomorrow um, where just apropos of stuff that's going on in the news at the moment I'm realising oh all that material I wanted to do probably can't do it now no because uh, it's an industry focused on a certain aspect which is sort of current but you realise there are times as a comic and and this is the the, it's ultimately it's their party, and yeah. you're not there to bring down their their belief in the their job that they do. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's like going to do a job for the banks and yelling at them about how fucked the banks are. But hang on, this is our party. Yeah, you know. And then at what point do you then betray yourself as your as an artist who speaks, <laughs> versus I'm here to just cash the check, thanks. Mm. And, and 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 going back to that, I can make the room laugh. So you end up going okay. I'll do that. I'll do my. I'll do my airline material because that's yeah. not non-threatening and. Which I haven't seen you do in ages. You got a great I'm, airline bit. I'm probably going to wheel it out tomorrow. <laughs> and I think that's to having the breadth of material at a certain point. Um, you know, if you if you're someone who writes only certain types of political or you know whatever, um, then you're sort of 
stuck in that. I remember it limits you, but I guess, it, and that's all part of that's the the business of show. Mm. You know, is that that it's a business, and we're paying you know, corporate, particularly, we're paying yeah. you to come along to our event, which is a everybody's here from the founder of the company to the middle managers to the young people. Please don't offend the managing director's wife by doing something blue not that i work blue but blue or inappropriate or overly sexual overly religious or yeah. overly you know and you see them now you see it on on when you get gig sheets sometimes you say this function is to raise money for this please avoid any homo not that not that either of us are particular but these bit comics but you know homophobic transphobic yeah you know racist material you know sexist material religious material <laughs> and there'd be some comics going oh shit that's my act thankfully it's not you know act, what but... you know what i always think when i see those it's like oh who'd they have last year <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. because <laughs> sometimes the, the list is really specific yeah. you're like well, i wonder who that was yeah, who was that that walked out and did that so um we are getting to almost to time oh, but really? i will oh, um i will i'm gonna hit you up to keep coming back because i i enjoy I got nowhere else chats. to be mate now that i know where the place is i can find it easy <laughs> yeah. but my my question i suppose i want wanted to ask tonight is what is what when you write something what tickles your brain to write what is what's the sort of stuff at the moment that's entertaining you or the thoughts that are entertaining you where you go you know i'm going to make a bit about that because you obviously you think about lots of different things yeah it's it's um look i i tend to i i I do i when if i'm driving around and i'll hear something on the road i tend to react to the radio a lot and and you know I i react to the news so if it's in the news um, and if it's in the news and it's maybe a subject that comics tend to shy away from, then I will I will get to try and tackle it. And sometimes I sit there in, at, a, at a room and I listen and they'll get up and, and like, for instance, the Queen passed away, right? Mm. Um, and I did a few gigs in that period and not one comic mentioned it. And... And I think, yeah, how can you not mention it? That is that was the zeitgeist for probably five, six days yeah, straight. Yeah, but that, that was, was the... a bit why you know, like I remember, you know, I'm not saying you go out there and you be offensive to the Queen. It's got to be a clever bit, but but it's like the way my brain works is I would I like to do stuff that's if it's happened today, I want to try and do something about it tonight. Mm. You know, because it probably won't last long. You know, so no. you know, I'll do the joke and. And I won't ever get to do the joke again. I mean, I did, you know, th- that's happened a few times. I, I guess I just, I, I like to react to whatever's current in the news at the moment. And that's the way I've always been. I've never been someone who's, I've not been a comic that's that's done that sort of my life stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm more interested in the, the, the grand picture and... And that's where I get my material from. So anything that's in the news at the moment, you know, you know, it's the list, you know. You know it's a beautiful structure. China, right? China's at the top of the list at the yeah. moment. You know, terrorism was on the top for a while, and you know, the Olympics was around a few years ago. And then you know, we've got um, Optus, the Optus breach. I'll probably think about that for the next few days. And I will. I got the email this morning. Did you? Oh, well, there you go. See, and then I'll think about it from that. And there's the jokes about Optus, but then I like to think, well, okay, it's a stepping stone to. To, to talking about the notion of identity and the notion of trust and the notion of of how much of our lives are we prepared to hand over and the notion of on- online honesty so optus is just a, a, a springboard to to an issue that to, you to concepts and issues in yeah. and around whatever that's triggering you know you're the future of banks the future of trust the future our kids and all of a sudden you're it's a it's a really broad 
it's opened up in a massive broad thing which it, as a comic you get out there and you go oh, i can feast on this for days for months i can and at the end of the month i'll have a big chunk of material which is not specific to optus but was triggered by optus the optus situation that'll end up being a bit about identity theft or identity i mean i have bits that float around but maybe it's time to coalesce all these things into one big long thing that was triggered by Optus but in five years time it's it'll guarantee it'll still be as relevant you won't use Optus because no one's going to you know or you just wait till it happens to Westpac and then it keeps coming back <laughs> yeah this won't be the last data breach no, I guarantee right. so, and that's for me that that's the that's what I get joy out of that's um yeah that is really that's a fascinating insight into the way because I don't know if you saw my there was a lot of stuff falling into place in my brain there. Right. Having watched how you work and how you sort of write and develop right, material right. is that that's, and that I think is what, what I enjoy about your work particularly is when you tackle like, cause you, you do use news stories to jump off, but it's never just about that news story. Yeah, like no, it's, it's usually, a, I, I, yeah, you find it in a way that like, or you, you give it context that I hadn't thought of or whatever, which is a great, I, I've been trying to write a little right. more like that just because, you know, it's, it's a far more one, I think, rewarding way to write, but it's also, um, it's also, I, I find that gives a good joke longevity too. If you could, yes. if you can remove it from its original source and it becomes a standalone thought about a, about a, a general general concept that society is facing that happens to be highlighted by the Optus breach, but what that's highlighting is that notion of trust and security and identity and who we are and how we are and how do you replace a passport and do you fuck fuck the passport? I'll just still you know take someone else's passport. All of a sudden you start so it started there, but it ends here. Yeah, and, and wonderful. It, it becomes that beautiful magic trick of. The next data breach that comes around, no one remembers the Optus one, and all of a sudden, Pete's got. How did he get how twelve he minutes he on broke that? Twelve minutes, <laughs> unbelievable. That's yeah. Uh, that's yeah, that's fascinating. So I do want to. I will get you back for another episode because we got to talk radio, television, all you've you've had a story, and I do want to talk about your art. Um, oh yeah, you got that as well. Oh yeah, buddy. You are you're a very talent, talented painter. You've been subject of an Archibald Prize. Subject, uh, I've been subject. I've been subject of three Archibald Prizes. One painted by someone else, and two painted by me. You've got a you've got a very paintable head. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of light gets reflected <laughs> off it. I've never heard anyone described as oh mate, he's got a head for canvas. <laughs> head for point. canvas, absolutely. He's got an head for abstract art. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, well, I don't want to talk about that right. as well because um yeah, it's cool, absolutely man. fascinating. And I that is one of the things Do too. Have something I in my teeth? I wore something in my teeth. Nah, I no, picked it out. It's in four K. We'll I'm get just, it in the edit. Don't worry about garbage. it. Um. Yeah, that's one of the things I I've. I've like people say I don't know art but I know what I like I don't even particularly know what I like hmm. so I'm I'm keen to be educated in the cool. art world as well so uh, we will get you back before we go though um, plug all your socials and where where can people find you in this uh, online and that's well, remember your advertising well, years Pete on the back of the Optus uh, data breach uh, nowhere <laughs> I have no presence anymore I'm deleting it all I don't trust any of it um, I'm on Instagram that's really the only one that I and I've, I've got I'm on Facebook the others, but I don't really. Your Instagram handle, Bernaland. Bernaland. Yes. You can follow that. And Twitter. I'm on Twitter, but I use that as a filing cabinet for ideas more than anything else. And if you happen to see one, great. Beautiful. Yeah. And you on Twitter, you are? Peter underscore Burner, I think. I was Peter Burner, but I, in the earlier, but I was drunk and forgot the password and could, I think, 
I'm not sure. I think I have another one. You might get an email from Optus with the password. That'd be perfect. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for doing it, Pete. Pleasure. Well, pleasure.